0: Um, A dear, beloved congregant of ours, Mike Peters, passed suddenly uh, Thursday morning. He did have a heart attack, it was confirmed, um, and it has just, it's shaken our little church, our community. Um, And so this morning, I just want to let you know, we are still here to worship a very risen Lord, um, and we find hope In the fact that we serve a risen Lord and that we are all going to be resurrected one day with him. And so we celebrate that today. We cling to that hope and to that truth today. Um, But I also just want you to know that we're not going to pretend like our hearts aren't broken and crushed today. And I have found hope this weekend in knowing that I serve a God, I follow a Jesus, I I walk with the Holy Spirit who takes great delight in letting me just come to him, broken and undone as I have time after time this weekend, and just rest in the arms of Jesus. And so that's what I'm inviting you to do this morning um, this is the, the time where we need to come together as a body, and so if you are sitting by yourself or you feel like you just want to be close to somebody, I encourage you, move in, move close with someone, and worship alongside, worship together as we um, celebrate hope, but also as we just allow the, the Lord to, to heal our broken hearts, amen? So, so God, we invite you here. God, I just pray that you would be present today in a very tangible way. Holy Spirit, today is a day where we are desperate for your comfort. And we know that that is the only thing that will get us through. And so I just pray, God, that you would would have your way during this time, that, that our hearts would just be open to your love and to your comfort, and and I pray, God, that that we would sense your nearness because we cling to the fact that you are near, that you draw near to the brokenhearted, you draw near to us who are crushed in spirit today. And so, Lord, would you do that this morning? We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: You can stand with us as we sing together. I just want to acknowledge that worship, sometimes we're declaring truths that don't feel true, and we're declaring those things by faith. But worship is also an experience where we come before God authentically with our emotions and the things that we're feeling. The book of Psalms is the worship and praise book of the ancient Hebrews and a lot of the early church, and we see that reflected in those pages authentic wrestling with real life, real stuff, and bringing it to God in worship. So I just want to encourage you this morning, you don't have to hide, you don't have to tamper or bury whatever you're wrestling with, whatever you're feeling, emotions that maybe we label as bad, anger, frustration, disappointment. Uh, You can bring those things. You can bring those. This is a safe place. The Lord is willing to meet you where you are. So I thought it would be appropriate um, to open this morning with this song, I Need You More, just a really helpful way to align ourselves into this time of worship as we're stepping in, just acknowledging that through all of this and in this process, we need the Lord. We need his help because uh, we don't know. We don't know how to handle these things. We don't know what to do. We don't know what it means. And it's all very overwhelming. So let's come together and declare in one voice that we need him. And he, I believe, will come. His presence will come. It's here, but it's going to come to comfort and to receive. Amen. long before I knew what we were going to be wrestling with today, but I think it's still very appropriate. It's from John chapter 14. These are the words of Jesus, our Savior. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Amen. This is the comfort of the Holy Spirit. This morning, let's sing together. Jesus. Let this be your prayer. together, this leans more into what I was speaking about earlier. Sometimes we're declaring truths by faith. I think when we're struggling, we're having a hard time. Sometimes it is faith, it is helpful to declare the things that we believe, to remind ourselves, um, you know, the psalmist David did say, like, why so downcast, O my soul? He speaks to his inner self. And we can do that today as well as we declare these truths, what this truth means for us, what this truth means for the Peters this morning. the fullness of your presence, your glory, God is what our hearts long for. Those things are realities for Mike today. Things that we are longing for, things that we might have a glimpse of, is a reality today. That gives me hope and that encourages me as I sing and I ask for more of God, that there's a fullness that's there, that's available is where he is now, and we are sad because we want him here with us. But this is a beautiful thing that he's experiencing because there's nothing worth more.
0: want to say thank you Nikki for leading us in worship so beautifully and um, just I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit's presence in your heart um, that just helps us and guides us in worship so thank you it's a blessing um, we're going to go together in a time of corporate prayer this morning and of course we're going to be praying for Heather and Melanie and Kenny Carrie and Tilly be in prayer for Mike's mom Judy I believe is her name and um, she's experienced a lot of loss recently Mm -hmm. and and this is just overwhelming for her of course too so we're just praying for all of of the Peters family Um, I want to also ask that you remember uh, Brenda um, Brenda's brother, Doug, is in the ICU in Little Rock, Arkansas this morning um, with a sugar issue that's critical. And so be, um, be in prayer for Doug, for uh, Brenda's brother. And we're praying this morning for Donna. Donna Laird is, uh, she was taken back to the hospital this weekend. She had some bleeding from some uh, vessels that likely is a result of the surgery that she had recently, and this was a little bit of a delayed response. Uh, And so uh, be praying for her. She's doing okay. She's doing much better. Um, They've got everything under control. They're just keeping an eye on her, and then she'll get to come back home. But we are praying for Donna and for Everett this morning just a lot. I know some of you, I've, I've spoken to many of you this morning that have experienced just a lot of loss recently. Um, it just, it seems to happen that way. I can't explain it, but the grief comes heavy sometimes in, in many different ways. And so um, we just acknowledge a heaviness this morning. We just acknowledge um, how helpless we are. And the only thing that I am grateful for in the midst of this is that I serve a God that is enough to carry us through. He's not worried about, is there enough of me for everyone who's grieving? Because there is more than enough of him. And so um, we just go into a time of prayer acknowledging that I don't even necessarily have all of the words to pray this morning. Um, There are Will probably be long pauses because my heart just searches for the right things, the words, um, and this is one of those times when I just kind of cling to Paul's words that that we don't know what to say, and this is where the Holy Spirit speaks and prays on our behalf. He groans, if you will, because we don't have words. It's just sobbing and and grief. There's no words. That's what we've said over and over, right? Many of you, we've talked and there's just no words. And so we lean on the Holy Spirit to intercede for us and to fill in the gap for what we can't say or pray ourselves. And so let's gather together this morning and let's pray together, church. God, we just come before you. God, we just thank you for your presence. Thank you for your nearness this morning. God, we thank you that you make it possible to to get up and to put one foot in front of the other in times like this and this morning we are, are praying that for our sister for Heather and for Melanie and for Kenny God our hearts are just overwhelmed for them and God, I know you already know. But for what it's worth, I just pray that they would know how much we love them and care for them this morning and how we just pray and hope that you would be near and that your presence would be felt and experienced in an unexplainable way. God, as they just try to take one step after another and, and do the next thing that's necessary, would you just give them strength that's needed in that moment? God, would you give them moments of rest, moments where they can draw away when they have to and just experience rest and and a moment for you to carry that burden for them. God, in the coming days and weeks and months, this grief is going to feel unexplainably heavy. As the Peters family celebrates so many joyous moments, God it's it's just going to be unbearable for them and we feel that we are carrying that with them this morning we feel that we feel just how hard we don't understand God we acknowledge that we don't understand we wrestle with what we don't see, what we don't understand. We wrestle with why. God, I thank you that you are a God that welcomes our wrestling and that we can stand in moments of tension, proclaiming that that you are good and that you are faithful while also just wrestling with our honest Emotions of, God, this is really, really hard and it seems really, really unfair. God, I just pray that you would meet us in the midst of all of that this morning, in the midst of our mess, in the midst of our ugly cries and our, our jumbled up words and prayers. God, would you just meet us there? Found this prayer online this week from author Kate Bowler, and it's a prayer for collective grief. And so I want to walk us through this prayer this morning. God, we are blindsided. What we thought was impossible and even unthinkable has brought us to our knees. God, things don't make sense. The innocent still suffer. Buildings still fall, families still grieve. God, help us know what to feel, what to do, how to grieve together. Blessed are we who let reality in through our bodies when they shudder. Blessed are we who ask and wait and ask again for answers that may not come, for hope that seems hard to find, for comfort that is not always easily found. Along the way, God, show us how to live when we've lost the things we cannot get back. Remind us that you, oh God, you are our home, you are our refuge, when life's cruelty and our fragility are too difficult to shoulder alone. So be with us. Oh God of all comfort. Would you just be with us? Be with Heather. Be with Melanie. Be with Kenny. With Judy and Carrie and Tilly and Curtis and Taylor and all of those who lost a very dear friend, a beloved brother in Christ. such a a beautiful model and example of what it looks like to follow Jesus and love and serve others. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Well, friends, um, naturally, as I was thinking about today and um, just what it looks like to come before you and share a word. Um, I felt pretty quickly, pretty, I felt strongly pretty quickly that today was not the day to preach on the Holy Spirit and how he frees us from sin, although he does, and amen and amen, uh, but that just did not feel like the right way to go on this day. Um, gosh, thank you Gabe and Nikki, you two are a blessing. Amen? You guys are a blessing. Jesus in the flesh. Um, and so I, uh, Nikki told me not to, we were talking this weekend, and she said, don't agonize over what you're going to preach. And I'm like, how do you know me? Get out of my business. How do you know I'm agonizing? I'm not agonizing, you're agonizing. <laughs> she knows me well, she knows. I, I just was, and I... um. I just I felt like, what do you do when, when you feel so broken, right? And, and you're carrying that for your people because I'm still new here. And so I just feel this grief for you guys in a way. And, um, and it has caught me off guard at times too. And, and so I'm just like, Lord, what do you do? And, and I'm just grateful for pastors and friends who I can lean on during this time and just say like, hey, thank you, friend. Thank you. And I can say, hey, um, I'm really praying and wrestling with what to say on Sunday. And so just will you pray with me and help me? And, and one of my friends shared that in times like this for her congregation that um, one of the many passages that she shared that was a source of hope was um, the, the passage in Luke on the story of the, the disciples who are walking to Emmaus, on the road to Emmaus. And, oh, that immediately hit me, and I thought, okay, that's, that is helpful. And, and, and I, what I love about that even more is that we're still in this season of Easter tide, which means we are still riding the wave, if you will, of resurrection. Uh, we are still celebrating. It's the liturgical season of, of Easter, of celebrating Easter, the resurrection of the risen Lord. And this is one of those stories that is within that uh, resurrection appearances Moments, if you will, um, and so I sat there for a little while and listen. It's not a lot today. Uh, I read something else. I found so many things online that were helpful and a comfort, just liturgical prayers and whatnot. And and I found this online. This was a a blessing by Jeff King, and and he says this is not a day for pious prayer or long-winded sermons. Amen. It is not a day for doctrine or dogma or debate. It is a day simply to gather ourselves together and to be in one another's presence. Yes. And in that presence to remind ourselves of the enduring power of love in Christ Jesus. We acknowledge the intensity and the diversity of the emotions that we are feeling today. And and we bring all of this here in this place of togetherness. We bring our grief and our anguish and our despair and our unanswerable questions. But we bring also our relief, our gratitude, our awareness that amidst the pain of loss and suffering, we are held we are loved, and in that love, may we find hope. We pray for those this morning who are still experiencing this in ways that we even can't imagine. And so this morning, we, we pray for ourselves. We pray for one another. We pray for Heather and, and Melanie and Kenny. And we give thanks that in Christ's spirit, in Christ's presence, we can support one another. We can love one another. And we can help carry one another through these dark days and beyond. And so I found comfort in that. And so I just, as I was thinking about the story of the road to Emmaus, I just want to share a few brief things. And then we'll share in a time of communion together in a few moments. And then close in song. And I hope that you will feel welcome to just linger as long as you need to this morning. Just be with one another, be present with one another. Um, and I think that's what's appropriate for today. And so I, I imagine that a lot of you are familiar with this passage in Luke chapter 24 is where we're going to be. Uh, this, this particular story is only in the Gospel of Luke, and it takes place on the day of the resurrection. So this is later that day. Uh, and there, the, there are these two followers of Jesus, just to kind of catch you up. Uh, refresh your memory a little bit. There are these two followers of Jesus. I'm always puzzled by the fact that we only know the name of one of them. We're told that one of them is called Cleopas, and they are journeying together from Jerusalem back home to a town called Emmaus. And I just want you to kind of put yourselves there, and it's not going to be too hard this morning, but they are journeying, okay? They are on this long journey home, and, and as they're journeying, they're just together, the two of them. They're just talking and walking. And I, what's not said here is they had to have been crying. I have to imagine there were tears. I have to imagine there was uh, immense grief, devastation, Right? Just wondering why and, and what's going on and where is Jesus and what are we to do with all this? How does this make sense? How do we go forward? What about every? They're processing, I imagine, together, all that has happened. And we read that suddenly Jesus joins them because he had a, a habit for doing that after he was resurrected, after uh, his resurrection, he, he just shows up. And he just is present with his people. And so he shows up unexpectedly on this journey. And Luke tells us this is also a perplexing detail, that these two were kept from recognizing him. This was one of those times where I read this story with a fresh set of eyes. And I wondered, could it have been, we're just speculating here, no one knows for sure. But is it possible that their grief kept them from recognizing him? I think it's possible. As I was wrestling with, with grief and, and looking for Jesus in the midst of that, as I read the story, I thought, well, that's possible. That maybe it was their grief and their despair and their devastation that kept them from recognizing Jesus. We don't really know why, but we know that they were sad. We know that they had to have been distraught and despairing at all that had happened. And so Jesus asks them, he, he just shows up and he asks them what they're talking about. What is it that you two are talking about? And they have this moment where they're like, really, are you the only one who must not know what's, what's going on, what's happened over the past few days? And, and so they, they tell Jesus, not knowing it's Jesus, what's happened over the past few days and I am always struck. I, I think I said this a few years ago when I preached on this passage. I am always struck And I stop at verse 21, where they tell Jesus, again, not knowing it's him, keep that in mind, that they had hoped that he was the one they thought he was. They say, we had hoped. I read those words, and I just feel so much of that. We had hoped. We had hoped that he would be the one who we thought he was, We had hoped that he would deliver us from all of our troubles. We had hoped that all of these things would work out. We had hoped for so much more. And in this phrase, I I sense so much expectation. I sense so much disappointment. And I sense so much despair in this one phrase. Do you feel that? And so Jesus, he lovingly guides them in this moment and and he urges them to think about the scriptures they know so well. Jesus points them back to the the scriptures, takes them through the story, and, and I see him encouraging them and still teaching them. As a resurrected Lord, he still wears the hat of teacher and he walks them through the scriptures they know so well and he helps them to try to understand that this is what scriptures had always been pointing to and he guides them through and he teaches them. And so that's what brings us to the little chunk that I want us to look at this morning. And so if you're able, I'm gonna invite you to stand as we read from Luke 24, verses 28 through 32. Luke says, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he does what he did a lot in these moments. He disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I think I already mentioned this, but this whole scene to me is is relatable. From the way I see it, this, this whole scene feels very relatable. These two are, are wrestling with some serious tension when it comes to their faith and what they know about God and what they thought they knew about Jesus. Think about that for a moment. Is that not what we do regularly we are people of God and, and we regularly, at, sometimes it looks different and it takes on different shapes, but I would argue that we regularly wrestle with the tension of who God is, who we are as the people of God and what we know about Jesus. This is very relatable. What is our Christian faith if it isn't at times wrestling with what we know and what we don't know? What is our Christian faith if if we're not wrestling with what we've seen and wrestling with what we haven't seen or what we don't yet see? What is our Christian faith if, if it isn't at times wrestling with who God is and what God is doing and what God is not doing and maybe even sometimes if we're honest, wondering where God is even when he stands in our midst? I would say that we have these same conversations in our minds. We have these conversations with one another. I hope you're having these conversations with one another. I hope for all of you that in moments like this, when you're experiencing grief that is unimaginable, unfathomable, I hope that you have a friend in Christ that you can pick up the phone or go to their house and say, I don't understand this. Can I wrestle with that with you for a moment? Can, can, we, do, can we wrestle with this together? Because I don't, I don't understand this. We have these conversations in our mind. I'm convinced. I hope it's not just me. And so I hope that we have others that we can kind of wrestle through these tensions with, we Christians, and so we can relate to these two. Like these two, I think we also look for signs of Jesus we, we look for the signs that make sense in our minds, right? We're looking for, for what we expect. We are looking for what makes sense to us. We, we seek to understand all that is happening even when we don't see or understand. And in, in those moments where we are not able to see and we're not able to understand, like these two, it is so easy to despair, We're tempted to despair, wondering, what went wrong and what have I missed? Like these two, we find ourselves on a journey that is overwhelmed by our grief. And this morning, I don't feel compelled to say anything to try and change the reality that this is the journey we are on today. It's a journey and one that we're grieving through. We're walking step after step, but it's, it's a grieving journey today. We find ourselves this morning in a deep tension, asking ourselves why, asking God why, why this, why now, why him, why here. We find ourselves like these two, wrestling with what we know, what we don't know, what we see, what we don't see wrestling with God and wondering why. And today, as I just prayed about, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to speak through all of this in the midst of all of this? And and where I've landed is that rather than trying to convince you why you should or shouldn't be wrestling with these things, I want to encourage you to do one thing, one thing today, and that is to look Jesus. Look for Jesus. In your pain, look for Jesus. In your doubting, look for Jesus. In your wrestling through this, look for Jesus. In your crying out, in your despair, look for Jesus. In your questioning, look for Jesus. In your conversations with one another, look for Jesus. Because the only thing I'm sure of this morning, the o- not the only thing, but one thing I know is true, one thing I can say today with absolute certainty is that Jesus is there. He is in your midst even though you can't see him. Even though you may not be able to realize that he's there. He's here, he's with you, he's with us. He is here in our midst, he is present. And that is one thing that I can say with certainty this morning. These two who were traveling, they may not have recognized Jesus at first. They didn't see him for who he was at first. They didn't understand at first, but there was this moment. Later on, there was this moment, there was this moment where they realized something profound. It all clicked for them in that moment. The light bulb went off, something that clicked, and they realized that all day long, he had been there, that he was already there, that all day long he was with them, their hearts were burning within them as they put it all together and responded to the reality of Christ's presence who was in their midst. The moment they realized this was Jesus, this was their friend, this was their savior, this was their Lord, this is their Messiah, in that moment they realized that he had been there all along. I read this week this quote from Augustine who said, the teacher was walking with them along the way, and he himself was the way. The teacher was walking with them along the way, and he himself was the way. Friends, in the coming days and weeks, as we continue to journey we press on, we, we journey on, we take one day at a time. As we journey in these coming days and weeks, as we continue to feel the reality of grief and pain and loss, as we show up for the Peters family, my prayer is that we would do so confident that we carry the love of Jesus with us. We carry the presence of Jesus with us even when we don't realize it. I want to encourage you in these coming days and weeks, look for Jesus and seek to notice his presence that is absolutely promised to be there. He is present, and he is present in many ways, and I think he is present in surprising ways. Um, I didn't want to forget the fact that, that we are talking about the Holy Spirit. We have been talking about the Holy Spirit. And so this was a, an appropriate reminder for me this weekend that, that part of, of what Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would do was to be our comforter. And friends, we just are going to lean into that. Right? We're going to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is our comforter, that he can and will comfort us in the, in the midst of deep grief and pain. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us. In our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Friends, talk about a beautiful gift that keeps on giving. That's powerful that we today can receive comfort from the Holy Spirit, from the presence of Christ within us, and then tomorrow and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and so on, we can be and bring that comfort to Heather and to Melanie and to Kenny and to their family. We can bring and share that comfort that we ourselves have experienced. Let us not forsake or neglect this gift, this hope that we have. One more thing, I encourage you, I implore you to look for Jesus, but I wanna add to that, to look for Jesus together. Look for Jesus together. And here's what I mean by that. It's incredible to me and it is not lost on me that it is around the table and that it is together in the blessing and the breaking of bread at the end of this passage that that is when Jesus is seen and recognized and revealed. In this moment, one of the things we are reminded of in this passage is that Jesus is indeed seen in the sacraments. I've shared a lot with you before from author Adele Alberg Calhoun, and I, I love her definition of a sacrament. Her definition of a sacrament is that it is an outward and visible sign of an inward and invisible reality. And so this morning, as we as we in a few moments gather around the table, so to speak, that's churchy language that we use for receiving communion together. As we do that, I want you to look at one another and remember and remind one another that we are looking for Jesus together and that he promises and has proven to reveal himself where two or three are gathered. And so in a few moments when we we hold the bread and when we hold the cup, I've said this before, but I want you to remember this morning that these are tangible signs of grace that you can touch and feel. These are tangible reminders of grace. These are tangible reminders of embodied love. The bread and the cup are tangible reminders of salvation in Christ and salvation in, in, is our hope, <laughs> These are tangible reminders of the hope that we have, friends, that Jesus isn't finished yet. That he is still making all things new. There's such a mystery to the sacrament of communion as we contemplate that Christ has died, that Christ has laid down his life so that we can receive life so that we can receive the gift of salvation, but they are also reminders that Christ is risen and that Christ will come again, and that gives us hope. And so as we gather in a few moments around the table, and as we do so each month, we are remembering that the tomb was not the end of the story. We are reminded, friends, that death does not have the final word. Do you believe that? Death does not have the final word in Christ Jesus, our resurrected Lord. We cling to that hope today. I pray that as we gather around the table after we sing this final song, that we would just remember that we're not alone that not only does Jesus make himself available to us, thanks be to God, because that was the thing that, like, you know, pried me off of the floor this weekend, so to speak, (laughs) right? And and we know that Jesus is present, and we are not alone, but I also take comfort in gathering here, and I think that's why I looked forward to being here with you all today. As strange as it sounds, like, you know, it's not, like, excited, but it was just anticipating this beautiful reminder that we are not alone in this, that we walk beside one another, we journey together. And I pray that that would comfort you this morning as you come to the table together. Uh, One pastor, I'm going to close with this. Praise team, if you want to come back, now would be a good time. Uh, One pastor, Jason Buckwalter, says this. He says, Jesus' revelation most often comes to us in the context of the church. Wherever two or three are gathered, Jesus is present. In this passage, referring to the one that we've read, Jesus' revelation comes not to isolated individuals, but to two believers gathered together. It is in the church that Jesus instructs and illuminates the reading of scripture and worship, the teaching of pastors, the creeds, and this great theological tradition of the church. It's the means by which we receive God's revelation if we are open to it. And after receiving that revelation in the church, we can then take what we've been shown and share it with one another so that we all might grow in our understanding of the faith. And so friends, as we Uh, We're going to sing this final song, and I just want you to prepare your hearts for for communion. Just prepare your hearts to come to the table, be open with the Lord, and be ready to receive more of Christ as he seeks to give us more of himself. Amen. Amen.
1: You can stand with us if you're able. We're going to sing together about the faithfulness of God. I just think it's an appropriate. Um, there's lots of ways to meditate on the faithfulness of God as we're preparing to enter into communion. I think that it's really appropriate to think about God's faithfulness, what Jesus did on the cross, and as we receive communion, are reminded that we can't be reminded of the cross without thinking about the resurrection and the reality of the gospel, that Jesus defeated death in the grave. So as we sing about the faithfulness of God, let it be our reminder that he's faithful to do what he promised to do, which is to finish the work in us, the resurrection in us, and in each other. Uh, I just wanted to read these lyrics from a song that I've been listening to this week um, that kind of lends well into what I'm, Thinking about as we're singing this song. It's a beautiful song called See You Again. It says, I'm going to see you again on the gold streets, standing next to me. I know. I'm going to see you again. Darling, won't be long till every trace of trouble is gone. We'll be together. And I'm not sure what that means, but I know it'll be better than we ever dreamed when I see you again. So let's sing today about the faithfulness of God that we know that this as pastor nicole reminded us death doesn't have the final word but we will see mike again let's sing
0: to come and join me and um, we do not have a closed table here at BFCN what that means is you do not have to be a member here you are invited to come and receive if you see a need for Christ for his salvation in your life if you see your need for more grace from God then you are welcome you are welcome to come and to receive, and so at this time, I would like to ask first if there are any who, um, who need to be served, if you need me to come to you, rather, if you would lift up your hands and hold on to your elements, and we will all receive together in a few moments. God, we just pray that you would bless this bread and this cup. God, may it strengthen us, may it nourish us, may we be filled with more of Christ, and may we be ready to pour ourselves out for the sake of our sister and our brother. God, we thank you for these tangible reminders of your grace and love and salvation and resurrection in Christ our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, on the night that our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Friends, take and eat and be thankful. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and he said, This cup is the blood of the new covenant that is shed for the forgiveness of sins. So friends, take and drink and be thankful. Thanks be to God. It's our tradition around here. After receiving communion, to sing the doxology, I invite you to stand if you're able as we sing that this morning. loved. And I pray that you would go in the grace and peace and strength of our Lord who is enough for you. I pray that you would go and share that love with one another, lean on one another in Christ's name. Go in peace. You are dismissed. Have a beautiful day.